This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. Hi everyone, welcome to Life Source tonight. And um, we're doing it a bit different tonight just because the building that we're usually in is closed. But you know what? Praise God, the word stays the same. So we're going to be continuing on talking on the series that we have been doing on By Faith. And tonight, what I'm going to look at is I want to look at the, the faith of Moses' parents. And so that's what we're going to get in here to hear this evening. So let's just pray over the word just as we get in tonight. Lord, we just love you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus tonight. What a joy it is to know you. What a joy it is to walk with you, Lord God. And what a joy it is to live by faith in this generation, Lord. Lord, we just praise you, Lord God. Lord, we just thank you as we come to your word. Lord, we approach it knowing that it is your word of God, Lord. It's life, Lord. It's able to bring change to our lives, Lord. So, Lord, we approach it that way in faith. Faith, expecting to hear from you in Jesus name amen well praise God well we've been taking this series that we've been looking at we've been looking over in um, Hebrews chapter 11 and you know when looking at that phrase the whole way through Hebrews chapter 11 that key phrase that keeps saying by faith and you know what, that's the way we're to live our lives as well. The just shall live by faith. We're meant to be people that do great exploits by faith. Trust in God when it looks impossible. When it looks like it can't be done. Let me tell you, we believe our God. And I'm telling you, we believe that, you know, our God is able and willing. And we put arms and legs to our faith. And you know what, and do great exploits in our generation but really what we've been looking at here is we've been looking at different attributes of a faith person and so we'll be looking tonight at um, Moses parents here so let me just look here in Hebrews chapter 11 and it makes a statement here it says by faith um, Moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents so we're talking here about the faith of Moses' parents here. So it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child. And it says, And they were not afraid, look at this, they were not afraid of the king's command. And so thank God for the faith of parents that will put God first. And that's what we see here with, with um, Moses' parents here, that that. Even whenever authorities say things that are opposite to God's word, that it takes faith to stick with God. It takes faith to, to uh, believe God, to trust God, and to go God's direction with your life whenever it is unpopular in society. And you know what? That's the way it was with Moses' parents. Moses' parents, they operated in Faith. And here's, here's this key phrase that we see here. It says, and they were not afraid of the king's command. So this is what we're going to see here. They've seen something in Moses, uh, in Moses here. They've seen something in him. Something that was different. Now when it says here he was a proper child, okay. Uh, let me tell you, all kids were proper kids, okay. But when they've seen Moses, there was something about him and it was beyond just looking at him in the natural it was beyond you know what his appearance and just saying oh he's cute and all of those kind of things that parents do with their kids that's not what it was they seen something beyond 
They seen something beyond this child, that there was a purpose, there was a destiny um, for this child's life. And I'm telling you, there's a call and a destiny for your children if you have kids. And you need to know how to raise them in your generation. Just like Moses' parents, they had to do something here that went against the king's command at that time. And we'll get into that in a second. But the word proper here, it means of a city. He was a child of a city. And it's talking about the city of God. There was a call of God upon this child's life. This child was a, a, a child of the city. And you know what? And those parents would not obey the king's command. And the reason being is because they feared God. That means fear doesn't mean they were terrified of God. Fear means they respected God more than they respected the, the king. And I'm telling you, when it comes down to who are you going to ultimately obey uh, in life, let me tell you, we should ultimately obey God. And so um, that's what they did. And they hid this child for three months by faith. Amen. Now, faith and fear will affect your actions. Okay, faith and fear. It will affect your actions, but they have different results. There was many people acted in fear um, based on this command, and we'll get into it in a second here. But let me tell you, Moses' parents acted in faith. So fear will cause you to comply, even if it's wrong, because of social pressure. But I'm telling you, when you trust God, faith will give you a backbone to where you will trust God and believe what God says, regardless of whether it's popular or not, regardless even if it costs you. Um, and so um, faith is absolutely a must for us as believers. And I'm telling you to, to put faith in our God, to not... Um, be and did not compromise. There's many opportunities to compromise, but you know what? We are, um, need to be people that are not going to compromise. We need to be people that are going to put God first, even even in this situation where it, it comes face to face with even the authority of the land in Egypt here was the the, the Pharaoh who gave a command that was not a good command. But you know what? But as believers, we need to stick with God regardless. God comes first. And when you fear God, you will do what God um, tells you to do above what anybody else tells you to do. And that is a godly trait. So it is. It is a godly trait to not be swayed. By, you know, education, not be swayed by the media, not be swayed by people in power, by the, the kings of our generation, not to be swayed with them, but to be swayed in faith by what God says. And so when Moses' parents seen Moses, they seen that he was a proper child. They seen there's a destiny for this child. They seen that there's a purpose for this child's life. And I'm telling you, they were focused on that. And they were not going to let anything take from this child. And again, as parents, we have a responsibility for our children, any of us that are, um, that are parents. You see, two 
authorities in this verse. You see God and you see the king. So you see um, the, the civil authority, but you see the, uh, the God of the universe. And when it comes to who are you going to ultimately obey, well, you always see that in the word of God, the Bible teaches you to submit to the higher authority. So you always submit up. And so it is a godly trait to have government. It's a godly trait to have family with authority in the family. It's a godly trait to have, um, you know, church with church authority. And so it is a godly trait to have um, authority. God is a God of order. God is a God of authority. But when authority um, conflicts with the ultimate authority, you always submit up. So there is authorities, but you always need to look and see, is there a higher authority and a higher authority above that. It's just like in the land. You know what? You have authorities in the land. You have town um, council and stuff like that. Sometimes you have local um, um, even courts and stuff like that. But then in your country of high courts um, maybe it might be a term supreme court. There's always a, a higher authority. And so when you go through the chain of command that's what you're looking to to what you submit to. And so yes we are to be submissive. Yes uh, we're to be good citizens and all of those things as believers praise God God is a God of of authority you can see it all through scripture you can see honor and respect all through scripture but I'm telling you when authority and God's authority um, headbutt you submit to the higher authority and there is no higher authority than God and so you're always submitting up so I I always endeavor to submit to the authority that's above me in whatever arena I'm in like I said even as a a minister, if I go and minister in someone's church, I will submit to the, the authority that's in that church. I just don't go in and just do my own thing. I submit to the authority that's there. And But I'm ultimately even when I'm there, I'm, a, I'm submitted to God. I'm there um, um, speaking on God's behalf, speaking God's word into that, that, that um, church. But you know what? But I'm submitted to that church. I go in and submit. It's, it's an attitude that God wants us to have. If I go into somebody house I submit to the order of that house I don't go in and bring my own thing why because that's their house and my own house it's different because that's my domain um, of, of authority so there's there's always that uh, authority and submission sometimes you're in the position of authority sometimes you're submitting to authority so and, and then when it comes to the land we're to have that heart as well but here's the thing ultimately we're all meant to submit to the higher authority which is God and and so you always submit up. And that's why you see with, um, with um, Moses' parents here that it was an act of faith to trust God, to submit upwards to where the king gave an order. And it was not a godly order to where they submitted to God. And that took faith to do that. And I'm telling you, it's coming to a, 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 a day, um, maybe not in the too distant future, where as believers we're going to have to make our mind up that we are going to do what God calls us to do. We're going to, we're going to do what God asks 
of us, regardless of what, what we are told. You see it in, in countries around the world and, and many times in, in countries around the world that have faced a lot of, pra- of oppression um, um, from a Christian point of view because the government in that land was, was anti-Christian and it was an anti-Christ government. Um, many times laws and things that pre- uh, prevented um, Christians from practicing their faith were enforced on people and are still enforced um, in many lands today around the world. But I'm telling you, Christians still live for Jesus, even in that environment, just the way they did in the early church as, as well. And I'm telling you, as believers, we're meant to be following God first and foremost, and then submit to every other authority under that, um, as long as it does not uh, um, infringe on our um, Christian faith, but ultimately we are to, as believers, are to um, submit to God. Praise the Lord. Um, Acts chapter seven, and it brings the same um, um, story out again here. Acts chapter seven, verse seventeen. It says, "But when the time of the promise drew nigh, it says, which God has sworn to Abraham." The people grew and multiplied in Egypt. So the children of Israel were in Egypt at this time is talking about. They were multiplying. But then it said there was another king that arose that did not know Joseph. The same dealt subtly um, with our kindred and evil and treated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. You know what? There were people um, who, who did horrible things. Because of, 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 because of an argument that was presented. And the argument that was presented was that the children of Israel were growing and abounding. And you know what? And they were a threat to the Egyptians. And what if, you know, what if there's a war and this um, great group of people, what if they side with our enemies is what they were saying. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll put them under taskmasters. You know what? We'll knock the heart out of them. We'll knock the fight out of them. We'll bring them into slavery. We'll make it tough for them. And, um, and you know what? That's, that's what they did. They knocked the heart out of these people through slavery this nation that was growing the children of Israel and then I'll show you in a second where they even started to go after the kids and um, what a horrible horrible thing to do but um, that's exactly what was happening but you know here was the thing here that I want to bring out here from Romans 7 and uh, and verse 19 it says and the same uh, talking about um, the king they dealt subtly with our, our kindred subtly means um, to be crafty against to outwit. And you know what? This was a, a, an argument that was brought forth and it even caused many to even allow their own children to be, to be, um, to be killed. And you know what? Even in our era, in our generation, you know what? We have watched the atrocity of abortion where people through an argument, through fancy cliches, um, have have um, 
bought into uh, bought into this idea that uh, you know an on an on birth child is of a lesser value than a birth child and um, you know what it's a horrible philosophy so it is and it has done so much damage and I, I tell you I would not want to be responsible for for making those laws I can tell you I would not want to be responsible and um, for doing those kind of things and you know what it comes down to an argument people have have bought a lie so they have and in this day people bought a lie as well and even killed children uh, um, it just discredited the children devalued children and you know what and you look at that and you think of how much potential there was that was drowned in the Nile how much potential that was wasted there. But you know what? In the midst of that situation, there was parents of faith in Moses' parents who put God first. And when they seen their child, they seen that God had his hand upon this child and they would not comply with the king because it was an unjust thing that the king was asking them to do. It went against everything in them. And they would not buy into the argument, but they trusted God and seen that there's something special about this child. And we know that there was something special about that child. That child was the deliverer. And you know what? And, and, and thank God that that child's life was spurred and that they trusted God. Do you know what? That's, this, same kind, this same kind of thing happened again whenever Jesus came. Our deliverer, praise God, our deliverer who saved us. And you know what? The devil tried to do the same thing. He went after the children, went after the most vulnerable. And you know what? And he went after that seed trying to stop the Messiah from coming. When, um, when Herod found out that, you know, through the wise men, about the king of the Jews and that they had followed the star. You know what? That Pharaoh, they are not Pharaoh, Herod, he ordered that the children two years and under all be slaughtered. There was a great slaughter. Why? To try and prevent the savior of the world from coming. Let me tell you, Satan hates the potential that is in um, God, uh, 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 that is in human beings. He hates the potential because you know what? He, he, he's trying to stop people's lives before they even get started. But thank God that, you know, Jesus' life was spurred just like Moses' life um, was spurred as well. And thank God that our life has been spurred. But you know what? Our life, we are here so that we can make a difference with our lives um, in our lifetime. And so um, again, here's in um, Acts um, 7, it says in verse 20, In the which time Moses was born and was exceeding fur and nourished up in his father's house. And look at that, he was nourished up for um, three months. Again, they seen that he was fur. Um, exceeding fur that's the same word for proper child and again it's talking about a child of the city it was something special about this child and you know what and they, they raised him up for those those first three months at home in the midst of pressure in the midst of you know um, the enemy coming looking for that child's life to take that child's life but these parents believed God and trusted God and they did it by 
faith, trusting that God, we're keeping this child, Lord. And Lord, I don't care what way this is going to work out, but you're going to look after us, Lord. You're going to take care of us, Lord God. And I'm telling you, God will do the same for you when it comes to your kids as well. To trust God in the raising of your kids. To trust God in looking after your kids. And because there's potential in them. You know, as parents, we need to see that God has entrusted us with, the, with seed. It's his seed. Praise God, it's his heritage. God has invested into our kids. Praise God. And you know what? As parents, as leaders and all of those kind of things, it is responsibility to help them maximize their potential in God and go on and do great things for Jesus in their generation. Go on and do mighty things for God in their generation and to be an asset um, to this world for the kingdom of God. Praise God. Now, I'm going to look over here in, Ex or in Exodus for a, for a moment. I'll look in Exodus chapter 1 here for a second. Exodus chapter 1. And again, um, I'm cutting into it. You can look in Exodus chapter 1. You'll see that, just as I said a moment ago, that you know the children of Israel were multiplying. The, um, the Egyptians, they, they seen that they were multiplying and they started to fear that, you know what, they could side with enemies and stuff like that if they were ever attacked. And so you see the, the, the oppression then that came down um, on top of them because the, there was greatness in the children of Israel. The blessing was on their life. And so it's just like Satan today he comes to try and turn the, the screw on the church to try and stop the church from being all that God has called the church to be. But here's the thing. The, the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It doesn't mean to say that, they, that, that hell doesn't try and come against the church, but they will not, that hell will not prevail. Praise God. I tell you, we serve a mighty, mighty Jesus. He's a wonderful Savior. Now, Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, it says, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of the, uh, of the which the name of one was uh, Sephora. And um, so you see here that he's speaking to the midwives. And, and again, it's going after the children here. And it says, and he said, when you, say, when you do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stool, that's when they're ready to give birth. Okay. It says, if it be a son, you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, you shall save, um, save her alive. And then it says here in verse um, um, 17, But the midwives, look at this, The midwives feared God and did not do as the king commanded, but saved the men children alive. And again, you know what? It's just like our generation. You know, no value put on kids. No value. Just, they just take their life. And so it was a male child. This is what uh, Pharaoh had ordered to the midwives who were dealing with the Hebrew kids that if, it's, if, if a, a woman gives birth and it is a, it's a, 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 a male, you take our child out. Don't let it live. End its life. Because we do not want these people to keep multiplying and growing. I'm telling you, there's something seriously wrong with a society that goes after children. There's something seriously, seriously wrong because children are the most vulnerable in society. 
You know, you have, well, you have the, the elderly as well, and you have children vulnerable in society. And um, that's it's very close to home at the minute when you talk along these lines. So, um, you know what, they just looked at it just the same like in our generation as an inconvenience. You know, just take it out. It's just an inconvenience. But the thing about it was that the Bible says here in verse 18, And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this? This is they saved the children alive. And the midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, it says, For they are lively and are delivered um, basically before we even get there, before we get there as midwives, these Hebrew, Hebrew women, I'm telling you, they can pop out these kids. They can fire them out. And this is, this is what they told the king. And the reason they told the king that was because so that these kids, or so, or so that these um, kids' lives that were born could be spurred. So they refused. They refused to end these kids' lives. You know what, I, I pray for, for medical people that they get to that stage as well, where they will not do that. Let me tell you, I would not, I would, there's no way in this world that I would do a job like that. No way in this world would I do a job like that. I would totally refuse. I would ask for God to give me wisdom in those situations, to help me um, how to deal in those situations, but there is no way that I would be doing those jobs. No way. And I'm telling you, these midwives, these midwives feared God more than they feared the king. And that is an act of faith. So you see these midwives, you know, trusting God and not doing it. They put their life in danger not to do it. They put their life in danger with Pharaoh not to do it. But you know what? They got to that stage where I'm going to submit up. I'm submitting to the higher authority, which is God. And that's the way our authority goes. You know what? You, you, that, that was it for this. This is the king. This is Pharaoh. So for them to dis disobey the king, like that was a serious thing. That is, that's what you call civil disobedience. To where um, when, when a, a, a law or something is, is, is passed or, or when you've been asked to do something that goes against the word of God. To where you have a choice of who you're going to obey. obey. And you know what? There is a place for civil disobedience. I'm not talking about being a, a, about anarchy. I'm not talking about racking the place. I'm not talking about any of those kind of things. Um, there's a, a, a godly way in which we do everything. We're always to do everything where we respect the authority, the position of the authority. We, not may, we may not respect every order that is given, but we respect authority as believers. So there's a proper way in which you can act in those situations. But, um, but here's the thing, when it comes down to it, are you going to obey God or obey man? Well, let me tell you, it's better to obey God. The fear of man brings a snare. And it is better to obey God in every situation by faith. To where you do it by faith, trust in God. And that's what these midwives did. But then, you know, um, Pharaoh, he came from uh, another, another angle and... Um, 
it says here, let me just see here, verse 22, it says, And for we charged all the people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall keep alive. And, and that's, that's what started to happen. Kids were just, their lives were just ended. So, you know what, if, 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 you, if, you, um, if you got pregnant, you know what, you were waiting to see what, were, what was going to be born. Was it going to be a male or a female? And I'm sure many of them, when they did give birth and they seen that it was a male, uh, their hearts sank to see that it was a male. Um, but you know what, that's what happened with Moses' parents. Because Moses then was born, and it says this is in... Um, let me see, Acts chapter, Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took, the, uh, took a um, wife, a daughter of Levi, and it says, And the woman conceived and bore a son. This is a son that's endangered to live in that environment. They're coming after his life. They're, the pressure is on to conform, to do what you're told. End the child's life. It says, again here it says, and, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child. Uh, again, this is talking again about that there was something special about this child. Look at what she did. She hit him for three months. So instead of, of this child being destroyed, she kept this child hidden for three months. You know, that's exactly what people did during, um, during Nazi Germany. People hid. They hid Jewish people, hid Jewish kids. They hid them from the authorities. They disobeyed the authority of the land because it was the right thing to do because what was being asked was unjust. And there was people who took kids, took families, hid them, hid them in their home, hid them in their basements to preserve their life. And it was the, the right thing to do. And God honored it. And you know what? In this situation, God honored the parents of, of um, Moses. They honored they honored, and I'm telling you, the parents of Moses, they made it in to the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 because they seen something special, that there was something special in this child's life of ours. And they maybe didn't have a clue fully what that was, but they seen something special and they didn't know fully what it was. But they seen something special about that child and they protected that child. And they, even though it was only for the first three months, they nourished that child. They, they, they ministered to that child. I'm telling you, children can pick up so much. They, they're like wee sponges. They, they absorb so much. You know, I know even in my own life, there's things like even like songs. Songs that I heard from a child. Songs in Sunday school that still stick with me even to this day. Still, they still go off in my head every now and then. Simple songs that I heard about. Um, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Songs that got deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Those songs that I heard from a child. You know what? The, Moses' parents had an opportunity to nourish this child um, for those three months. 
You know what? We don't know what went in in those three months. The time they, they would carry that child, would look to God, pray over, over the child. Let me tell you, I've done that with my kids. I've prayed over my kids. I've walked the floor with them when they were kids. When they were going to sleep on my shoulder, I'd be walking the floor and praying over them and speaking God's word over them and thanking God for their life and asking God to help me raise these kids and for Donna to raise these kids and help draw the potential out of them. Look to God, praise God. And you know what? That's what Moses' parents did by faith. They looked to God because they seen that there was something special in their kids. And I encourage parents to see, when you see your child, let me tell you, just don't see them as just a wee child. See the call of God upon their life. You may not know the call of God, but know that there is a call. Know that there is a purpose and minister into that. Tell them that there's something special about their life. Tell them that God has a plan for them, a purpose for them, a destiny for them. And so Moses' parents, they did this. They did it by faith. They hid this child. They hid this child for three months. And then it's in verse 3, it says, And when he could no longer be hid, she took, him from, uh, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and pitch. That was to, to, to seal it up and put the child therein. And she laid him in the flags in the, in the river bank. So she now what she's doing is she's taking him from a hidden place to uh, an exposed place. She's taking him from a place where, where she has him in total um, controlled in her environment. Now it's in a vulnerable environment where she's having to release Moses. She's having to release him. And you know what? As parents, there's great principles here for us to learn as parents. Do you know what? As a, as a parent, you have to trust God with your kids. Um, you know what? There's a time when your kids are totally under your influence. And then as they get older, get into teenage years, you know, when they go to high school and different things, and then they start, um, you know, maybe join a football club or something like that. You know what? They, they start getting out more. And you know what? You have to, you have to do it by faith. As a parent, you, there comes a stage where you release your kids and you release them by faith. And that's what um, um, Moses' mother was doing here. She's going to have to release this child, but she's doing it all by faith, trusting God. That God's going to get in everything God, uh, that she does in her actions with, with this child being a release. That God is going to direct this child. And you know what? Thank God for the goodness of God. Thank God for the grace of God. Thank God, you know what? You do the steps that you know to do. And that's another great principle here as well when it comes to faith. You know what? She, she wasn't thinking about three months down the line kind of a thing. What am I going to do in three months? No, she's just thinking, you know, the first part when the child was born, the right thing to do is to keep this child. The right thing to do is to minister onto this child. We're not going to be able to, to keep him hidden like this here for, for long, but we're going to invest this time in, into this child. We're going to pray over this child. We're going to minister over this child. We're going to nurse this child. But then there came a day whenever the, the child um, needed to be released because it was impossible to hide the child. But they were following God. And I'm telling you, the steps 
of righteous people are ordered by the Lord. And so you're, you're, you're um, just following new steps in faith. And so they had to take Moses and he, he, he's becoming more exposed. And I'm telling you, as parents, there comes a time whenever you have to start releasing your kids more and more. Um, it, it's like, you know, at the beginning stages, it's like you give them a wee bit of rope. You just give them a wee bit of rope. They often say you don't give them enough to hang themselves with. You know, you just give them a bit so that they have that wee bit of freedom. But at the end of that rope, you've got a good grip on it and you've only given them so much room. But you know what? Then you give another bit of room and another bit of room and another bit of room. And what you're doing is you're trusting them. And at some stage, when they're going to get older, they're going to go to college or whatever, they're going to get married. At some stage, you have to let them let them go and trust God, trust God that God is looking after them, that you've put enough in them and that God is going to draw that out of them. Um, and so it takes faith to do that. And a, lot, a lot of parents are trying to be God in their kid's life in every situation. Be a parent and especially when they're at that age where you have that influence and then it's a, it's, it's a, um, um, like that small bit of the rope. You know what, you're, you're the main part of that rope and you know, be the parent. Be the parent. But there comes a time whenever it takes faith to let them go and to trust God. And you know what? This is what um, Moses' parents had to do. And you know what? This thing, this thing worked out. That out comes Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter comes out to the, the Nile. And the child is found. And, when it, and, and you know, there's a whole process here. God, God has a wonderful way of doing things to where this all worked out. Moses' sister was there. She was, she was like on standby there. She was positioned, strategically positioned. You know, when it, whenever um, uh, Pharaoh's daughter um, seen Moses, uh, 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 Moses cried. And there was something went off in that woman. Something went off in her and the, and the daughter of Pharaoh. Something went off. On the inside of her, that, that um, motherly instinct, that, that built-in thing that is in a, in a woman, that went off in her. And, um, and she's seen, she seen this child. And Moses' sister, she turned around and said, she said, do you want me to get a, a Hebrew woman to nurse her? And she said, yes. And she went and got Moses' mom and brought her to Pharaoh's daughter. And what happened was Pharaoh's daughter employed her, paid her, to look after her own child. Boys, oh, God knows how to work things out. Praise God. God can turn things around for your, your good. She actually ended up getting paid to look after her child. And she nourished the child. It doesn't tell us exactly how long for. But it could have been up to two years to where she fed him. She ministered to this child. She was able to feed Moses as a mother. You know, walk with him. Sing the songs of God around him. You know what? Invest in this child for the next few years. And then she came and then she presented um, Moses to um, Pharaoh's daughter. And um, Pharaoh's daughter took him on then as her own son down the line. And you know what? And Moses was raised as as um, Pharaoh's grandchild, as Pharaoh's daughter's son. 
and he was brought into the, the, the household of Pharaoh. He was released. You know what um, Egypt um, um, you know, speaks uh, uh, in the word of, of, of the world. And you know what? And, and Moses' mom had to by faith release Moses by faith and trust that God was going to look after this child. And you know what? And God, God did. It took, it took a period of time, but there was a deliverer in that child. There was a mighty deliverer in Moses. And praise God. I'll tell you, that was great, great faith. Great, great faith. Um, Moses' um, name, Pharaoh's daughter, she said, she called him Moses. And Moses' name means drawing or pulling out of the water because that's exactly what she did. She rescued him um, up from the, the water. Um, she took him up out of the water. And you know, when you think about it, Moses was on that water where many, many children's lives were lost at that very place. And yet there was Moses. He came out of that place. He was taken up from out of that place. And you know what? I've seen this here over the years. Many times people um, find themselves in situations where there's been horrible things that have taken place in those situations. And they have been delivered out of that, out of that horrible situation. They have been delivered out of it. And you know what? And many times when people are delivered out of horrible situations, you know what? God will use that whole experience to, to be someone that is a help in those very places, to help deliver people in those very places. And you know what? That was a place of death, but you know what? Moses was saved out of that out of that place. And you know what? It's just like our Jesus. He came to this world. A world. You know. A fallen world. And he came and he walked this world. And he, he, he lived among us. And he, he walked this planet. And you know what? He, didn't, he, he was not a sinner. But you know what? He identified with us when he went to the cross. And he took the sin of the world. And he took the sin of the world. And he is set free. Um, from that identification with sin through his death, burial, and resurrection, he took sin. He became sin. He literally became sin for you and for me. With our sin, he took our place. He came to exactly where we were. He came and walked this earth. But I'm telling you, he died and rose again. And he is our saviour. A mighty, mighty Savior. Thank God for a Savior tonight. Thank God that we have a Savior. His name is Jesus. The only Savior. The only name given whereby men can be saved is through that wonderful and beautiful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no higher name. No greater name. And thank God that He delivered us. He came to where we were. And He... he through salvation, when you receive him as the Lord and Savior of your life, he delivers you and translates you into the kingdom of his dear son. He takes you from one place to another. And that's what Moses finally did. He came and he took the children of Israel from one place to another out of Egypt. And he took them out of that place of slavery, out of that place of bondage. Uh, for us, that's out of that place of the sin nature. 
and he brought them into a place of freedom from that. He took them out of that place and thank God in Jesus Christ he's the true deliverer. Thank God in Jesus Christ he is the great saviour who set us free and set us free from sin and anyone can have that. If you don't know Jesus you can call on him tonight and make him the Lord and saviour of your life. The Bible tells you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank God for a wonderful wonderful saviour in Jesus Christ. So praise God um, God is good. There's so many good lessons here. Um, but you know what? Uh, I hope this has encouraged your faith. Hope it's encouraged you as a parent. Praise God to, to, to raise your kids in the things of God. Hope it's encouraged you to put God first. God's a higher authority. We submit always to the higher authority. Amen. And I hope it encourages you that you can release your kids in the grace of God and trust God. God's God, We make a horrible Holy Ghost. We make a horrible God. We make a horrible Savior. But he does a wonderful job at it. We have a wonderful God. A wonderful God that is able to do things that we can't. We just have to trust him. And, um, and, and one of those great acts of faith is to trust God with your kids. Amen. To trust God with your kids kids and so praise God for any of us that are parents this evening or do you know what even with grandparents you know what take these things on but you know what especially for parents you know what trust God with your children trust the grace of God the grace of God is bigger do you know what the world has so many problems Moses went into the world was trained in all the ways of the Egyptians and yet God had his hand on this man's life and you know what, as, as um, parents, when, you know, when we release our children you know, into um, different things like university and stuff like that, you know what, you have to trust God. You have to trust God that God's got his hand upon their life. Trust in the grace of God. We, we make a horrible Holy Ghost, but you know what, he makes a wonderful Holy Ghost. And he can go where we can't. So praise God tonight. You know what, um, it's a privilege to even though we're doing it tonight through um, just through a video this evening. But you know what? It's a privilege always getting to share the word of God. And you know what? Praise God. I pray that this message encourages your faith. And so praise God. Um, have a great weekend. God bless. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media, or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions, or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries, followed by the number 1 at gmail.com.